2: Hey, Spark! E. Sparky, 5 for 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee sports time. Out from the Wendy's studio right now at Wendy's. Kickstart your morning with a new breakfast burrito. This isn't your average breakfast burrito. No, no. We're talking six strips of bacon, seasoned potatoes, two fresh cracked eggs, and two slices of cheese all wrapped up in a warm flour tortilla. It's a complete breakfast in one hand. Ready to go anywhere you go. Introducing the Wendy's new breakfast burrito. We are going to talk with my guy, Uh, He is uh, Sam Dykstra, and you, of course, can follow him on Twitter at Sam Dykstra, M-I-L-B. This Milwaukee Sports Timeout is brought to you by... The Pottawatomie Sportsbook. Bet on all your favorite sports 24-7. Enjoy over 70 self-service kiosks, wall-to-wall TVs, free parking, great food, and a full bar. Bet big, bet bold. Learn more at PaysBig.com. Being joined now by our guy Sam Dykstra of MLB Pipeline. Uh, And, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Sam Dykstra. M-I-L-B, uh, and a new article out uh, that you can check out at MLB Pipeline talking about the five you know teams to check out uh, going into spring training with a bunch of prospects. The Brewers, one of the five teams. Uh, let's talk first, uh, I, I guess, about Jackson Churio, uh, the excitement, the expectations that you have for him coming into his first uh, MLB spring training with the expectation after signing the contract extension that he'll be on the opening day roster.
3: He's the $82 million man, right? Like the the team invested in him. It's more than any team has ever invested in a player with zero MLB service time. You would think that means that he's going to be on the opening day roster, that you can write his name in, in pen, in center field. I don't know if the the discussion is that easy as it looks on paper. Um, You look at some of the other options that the Brewers have. Joey Weimer, I know he didn't have a great year last year, but it's certainly a seller. Defensive center fielder, Sal Freela can really run out there. He's got a lot of center field time. Garrett Mitchell is healthy now. He might be the fastest of that bunch. But what it comes down to is nobody in that discussion has the ceiling of Jackson Churio. You look back last year, he had 22 homers and 44 steals between AA and AAA. He was the fifth teenager in the minor leagues going back to 1958 to have a 20-40 season. The last one was Ronald Acuna Jr., that's kind of the stratosphere he's in. You make room for Jackson Curio if it's there. Now, if he goes two for fifty-six with, you know, twenty-eight strikeouts, okay, maybe you send him back to Nashville. Um, but I think he just has to keep being Jackson Curio. The pressure's off. He already has the contract in hand, and just let him be himself, which is a guy with good power, great speed, and can play a really mean center field.
2: Sam, I want to I want to rewind a, a little bit, uh, maybe to a, a couple of years ago when Garrett Mitchell, the Brewers outfielder. Uh, was in the minor leagues uh, compared to now what he's looked like in the major leagues, even though he you know, has been dinged up and hurt uh, and really hasn't put together a full season necessarily to this point. Uh, How did you see Garrett Mitchell then? How do you see Garrett Mitchell now?
3: Yeah, Garrett Mitchell, I mean, the big thing for me is just the injuries, right? We need to see him on the field. For me, what I remember when they made him the 20th overall pick a few years ago was it felt like the Brewers were getting a steal, like one of the things that going against him was that he, he had diabetes and there were some questions about that. Um, but you know, the, the speed was certainly going to play the hit tool. Could it be good enough for him to put it in the gaps, turn singles into doubles, doubles into triples, that type of thing. The way he's looked the last few years, he struck out more than I think most people would have expected. And his power isn't quite there just because it is mostly on the ground. He needs to elevate the ball a little bit more uh, to make the most of that power. Now, I would love him to be kind of a fourth outfielder for that Brewers team. He could be a burner that you bring in and pinch run opportunities late, and he can cover tons of ground as a defensive option late too. Um, But it's it's more of a fourth outfielder type now than it was when the day they drafted him and you hoped he would be your starting center fielder for years to come.
2: What about, you know, this outfield as we sit? Now, again, fans, I think, want Yelich the heck out of the outfield, uh, put him a designated hitter, and let these young kids take up the three outfield spots. And then if, you know, you want to keep all four of the young outfielders, one of them just kind of rotates in. If that doesn't happen, if it is Yelich in left and Churio in center, who then do you think is the right fielder? And do you see one of these guys possibly headed to Nashville?
3: Yeah, I think it's probably Sal Freelich in right field. Um, His hit tool... He's always been there. He's always somebody who's putting the ball in play, and that works really well for his skill set because, like Mitchell, he's a plus, plus, plus runner. Uh, He can steal bags, and that's obviously valuable in today's game where there's more emphasis on speed than ever. Uh, His arm plays decently well and right. He's just more of an everyday type. Like, Joey Weimer has some hit tool questions. As much as I love the defense, I would send him maybe to Nashville to get that stuff figured out. Um, So I would go, if if Yelich is not, You know, is is going to be your everyday left fielder, and I don't know if that's a guarantee. I would I would also move him to DH. But if he's in left, I'll go Churio in center. Freylich can right. Bring Mitchell off the bench.
2: And the reason that comes up now is because they, you know, they have Gary Sanchez. So if you want Gary Sanchez's bat in the lineup uh, with that power, that might be the role where he ends up now. in, is designated hitter when Contreras is catching and Reese Hoskins is at first base. That gives you some options. You know, the Joey Weimer thing is interesting because I think. Everybody was fired up for Joey Weimer to get here. Everybody likes his personality. He plays hard all the time. Doesn't take plays off. But by God, that swing of his. Woo-wee! You know, <laughs> and they say they're working on it uh, in the offseason. Uh, we'll see what it looks like when we get to spring training. But the fact that he was able to get to the Major League level, hit the way he hits with that swing is quite amazing to me.
3: Yeah, I mean, the way I've always described him is he's basically watching a tornado play. Uh, and I mean that. Good In a good way on the defensive side, and then on the offensive side, it could be a little much. I mean, he's hacking a lot. He's struck out, I think, at least 28% of the time. There's just a lot of swing and miss to his game, and that keeps him from playing into that power because he's not always making great quality of contact if he's getting just under the ball or just on top of it and, and missing that sweet spot. Um, so, you know, looking back on who he used to be, there used to be a massive leg kick. They've reeled that in uh, from his days at Cincinnati he's at least better than he was as a hitter back then. So at least you can kind of see the trajectory, but now he knows what the major leagues look like. And that's obviously been a very humbling experience for him. It's a little bit easier to get him to buy in now at 25 years old than if he was going through all these swing changes at 29 or 30. But again, he's a guy you kind of want because of that, the arm that he has in the outfield and the, the amount of ground he can cover out there.
2: One guy that wasn't mentioned uh, necessarily uh, in your you know, synopsis of the Brewers and uh, their prospects going into spring training, but one that I think Brewer fans are maybe hoping to see and trying to figure out if they will see him uh, this year is Tyler Black, who defensively, I kind of guess, is limiting where he plays at the big league level, but certainly his bat plays.
3: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows
1: nothing gets between you and the game.
0: put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: Yeah, his bat definitely plays, as does his speed. I mean, you look at last year, he stole 55 bases uh, and had a 417 OBP between AA and AAA. He does exactly what you kind of want Tyler Black to do, which is get on base and then steal another bag. He finds the barrel pretty well. It's not stellar power. It might come in like below average, around 12, 15 homers at his peak. But he can get doubles. He can get triples, and that's going to work. He kind of goes all over the place defensively, and that can be a good thing. But also, if you're out of control, that's not a great thing. They've tried him at second base. They've tried him in the outfield. They've even tried him at first base. But you look at some of the moves they made. Bring in Reese Hoskins. He's your no-doubt first baseman. And then they trade for Joey Ortiz in that deal for Court Burns, and Jordy Ortiz is much better defensively than Tyler Black is and has a little bit better power, I think. So he slots in as the everyday third baseman. I think he'd send Tyler Black probably back to Nashville, get him more time at third, maybe move him around a little bit. But, you know, again, one of the things that's kind of looming over the Brewers is what do you do with Willie Adamas after this year, or do they trade him earlier? Then you can move Ortiz to short. Black at third, and the the puzzle starts to kind of lock in. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm fascinated to see what they would do with Tyler Black because he has an approach that should translate to the majors, and it it certainly could – pretty quickly in 2024
2: so what is joy ortiz then you talk about him i thought he was more of a shortstop but obviously he's going to end up having to play third for the brewers and the other thing in all of this is bryce terang because terang has you know been at second but he clearly is a great defensive player and if adamas goes you know you just wonder if it's terang or ortiz that ends up going to shortstop does black then end up at second base these are kind of the questions that i need to see answered going forward but i don't know enough about ortiz
3: yeah, Ortiz you know, is, is kind of fascinating because he needed to get out of that Orioles system. I mean, you look at who they have coming up or already there. Gunnar Henderson plays third base and shortstop. Jackson Holliday is a shortstop who's going to probably move over to second base. He's our top overall prospect in the game. They have Jordan Westberg. They have Kobe Mayo coming up. They just had so many options that somebody had to be squeezed out. And Jory Ortiz, as much as I love his glove, was kind of the odd man out. He was major league ready. You can't really send him back to Norfolk in the O's case. But there was no spot for him in Baltimore. So move to Milwaukee. I like him better at shortstop. I think he really has great actions there, good hands, good strong arm. I think it does work at third. Uh, I think he could be really good there. I think he could also be really good at second. But I like Bryce Durang enough there at second base. He has so much experience there uh, that I just like him better as an athlete up the middle. I think that defense of Ortiz at third, Adamas at short, and Terang at second, might be one of the best infield defenses in all of baseball, Uh, and that will certainly help the pitching staff. Ortiz, I I think one thing he needs to start doing is get kind of like with Garrett Mitchell, get the ball in the air more. The raw power is certainly there. If he can elevate, he can allow that power to play better, but it's certainly – at least every day upside for Joey Ortiz.
2: Let's talk about the pitching side. Uh, some of the guys that you mentioned uh, in this piece at MLB Pipeline, which you can definitely check out. Sam Dykstra does great work. Follow him on Twitter at Sam Dykstra, M-I-L-B. Uh, let's first start with Robert Gasser, uh, who I think a lot of people expect to compete for a rotation spot. I'm not sure if he'll get it. Uh, what can you tell us about him?
3: Yeah, Robert Gasser last year led all of AAA in strikeouts with 166. I mean, you look at his resume as he was building it, last season in Nashville, you kind of thought he was supposed to get a spot in Milwaukee in the second half, and it just never materialized. They didn't have the opening for him, and they didn't want to move him into the bullpen just for the heck of it. So Robert Gasser, I think, you know, Corbin Burns is now out. Woodruff is now out. Like, there are some lanes, the starting time for him. I know D.L. Hall is probably ahead of him in the depth chart, but I like Gasser's chances at being a starter a lot more He's got a really good slider. It's, it's got some really good sweep to it. Uh, he plays a short cutter off of that. His fastball is just average velocity, but he makes it work pretty well. It, it's both a four-seamer and a sinker, so he can mix up movement profiles. He's just always going to keep hitters guessing. It's not necessarily like blow-away stuff, but you might look up a few times this summer and see like he's thrown five, six innings with eight or nine strikeouts. That's just the way he's always operated. Uh, so the fact that he's still manipulating those pitches I would like to see him get a chance early, maybe out of camp. I know there's a lot of different options Milwaukee has, but he has a, a very high floor. It's not a great ceiling. It's not ace level ceiling. But I could see him easily being a 4-5 or five starter pretty quickly once he gets that opportunity in
2: Milwaukee. All right, you brought up Hall, so let's talk about him, too, the pitcher that came over from the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, obviously throws a hell out of it like Mizorowski, uh, but like Mizorowski, I feel like there might be some control issues.
3: There are definitely control issues, yeah. I mean, this is somebody who – he's graduated now. He's not technically rookie eligible. He graduated on service time days. So he's not – you won't see him on a prospect list. It's not like we kept him off the top 100. But the last few years, I mean, he's been sitting 95, 96 with a fastball, and it's really explosive as well. He's got an upper uh, 80 slider. That can be wicked. It got at least plus grades when we were doing grades on him at MLB Pipeline back in his prospect days. He just needs to know where the ball is going. It's always just kind of been, I know this stuff is great. I'm just going to fire it at you, and you're not going to be able to hit it. But upper-level batters are more disciplined than lower-level batters, Uh and they're laying off the stuff outside the zone. He needs to really hone, hone his that stuff, I should say. And it's always a balance, right? Like, would you rather have him throwing 93, 94, but strikes, but they're more hittable, or try to, like, just let him be him Swallows some walks, but get that 96, 97-mile-an-hour fastball. It's fascinating to see. I think he probably ends up in the bullpen in the end. Um, I I understand wanting to get him starting opportunities because the ceiling is so high. But listen, get him into a bullpen, put him with Devin Williams, and that's a heck of a back end uh, for Milwaukee.
2: Let's talk about a guy that I think really nerdy minor league Brewer fans probably know of. Uh, Probably a majority of Brewer fans don't know who Carlos Rodriguez is but that's another guy that has a shot to pitch at the big league level this year.
3: Yeah, Carlos Rodriguez is really interesting because you look at his kind of similar to what we were saying with Gasser. Like, this stuff isn't going to stand out, especially the velocity. I mean, he's always kind of thrown upper 80s to low 90s. I mean, you're not going to look at him and be like, wow, that's that's really great. But it's got good ride up in the zone, and I talked to him last year in Biloxi where he was, again, you know, a Milwaukee minor league pitcher of the year. I mean, he's never had an ERA of both three Oh one in the minor leagues. It's it's always been wow. working out really well. And the way he looks at it is he has a bunch of different pitches in different velo bands. And he kind of just, I'm just going to mix and match. You never know what the velocity is going to be. It's going to be going in different directions. Some guys just make that kitchen sink approach work really well. And again, kind of similar to Gasser. Is it a number two, number three starter? No, not at all. But is it a guy who could very easily be a number four, number five? Yes. And, and, the Brewers have thrived for years on that, just getting guys who like are quality major league starters, getting those guys 150, 170, 200 innings, and you know, just getting the most out of those guys as possible. So Rodriguez, it's more about the change-up, the curveball, the slider for me than it is the fastball Velo. But again, you're going to look up and be like, uh, he's not popping, he's throwing 90-91, but he's getting strikeouts out of that work because he knows his pitches, he knows how to manipulate them, and he understands batters really, really well.
2: I got two more questions for you. Uh, This one is on an article that you guys had already done, which is looking ahead to 2026 uh, and uh, the top Brewers prospects for 2026. In 2022, you projected Jackson Churio for 24. That worked out. Um, So now yet another outfielder, because they don't have enough, being projected as uh, another top player for the Brewers.
3: Yeah, I mean, this one, I think I picked... uh,
2: Yafri Rodriguez. It's either going to...
3: Yeah. Yoffrey Rodriguez. I mean, it's between him and Luis Lara for me. And that's why I'm trying to remember exactly who I picked on that, but Yoffrey Rodriguez because they, the Brewers keep doing this right. But with both of those guys, uh, with Rodriguez last year in the DSL, he had a really good approach. Like guys don't always throw really well there. Uh, they don't know where it's going, but he did walk more than he struck out. 41 walks, 40 strikeouts. When he signed with the Brewers last year, last January, uh, and was one of their top international signees with $1.5 million bonus. There was some thought that the power is going to come. It certainly still looks like that. He has good speed. He has 12 steals. He's left-handed. But Like Luke did with, with Jackson Churio and Luis Laura, they skipped both of those guys over the Arizona Complex League. So I started asking about that this offseason. That could be in the cards for Alfred Rodriguez. He might not play in the Arizona Complex League this year and jump straight to single A ball. Uh, at just 18 years old that's the sign of how advanced they think his approach is I think he has more power than Luis Lara that's why looking forward to 2026 I can project him out a little bit better Luis Lara will still be ahead of him in our prospect rankings just because he has that full season experience but Mm -hmm. the potential is there for like five average to above average tools for Yafri Rodriguez and it, it feels like the Brewers can't keep getting away with this and yet they do.
2: Yeah, that would be great uh, because, again, in order for this to work, I think, long term, they're going to need Hall and Mizorowski to work out to be frontline starters to give themselves uh, a real chance because, as we all know, they can't afford to spend thirty to $40 million a year on a pitcher. So that's not going to happen. Having said that, Corbin Burns gone, Brandon Woodruff gone from this rotation. That means it's Peralta and Wade Miley at the front and a cast of characters behind. They do get Reese Hoskins uh, and so forth. Uh, do you think this Brewers team is a playoff team?
3: uh i it's difficult for me to say that right now i think they could be competitive i do think one thing that's going to help them again is just talking about that defense I, I, if you do put yellich into dh and you've got an outfield of mitchell and left Curio and center and Fralick and right they're going to track down balls exceptionally well if you have ortiz at third uh adamas is short and terang at second Hoskins is just okay at first base, but that's okay. It's not a big defensive spot. They're going to do a really jo- good job of tracking down ground balls. Like this defense could be one of the best in the minors or in the majors, and that's going to help that pitching play up. They they don't have that ace anymore, but they do have guys that could take advantage of this defense. And then if you have guys like Sal Free, like taking a step forward, William Contreras building on last year, uh, Jackson Trujillo, competing for an NL Rookie of the Year, which I think is possible. I don't know if he's the favorite right now, but it's at least possible that that could happen. And then you add Hoskins' power, I think they could be maybe like an 85 to 90 win team, and, and that's certainly at least in the running.
2: He is our, my guy, Sam Dykstra over at MLB Pipeline. Him and Mayo and Callis all do a wonderful job over there. It's great to uh, read all their fun stuff. Check him out at Sam Dykstra, M-I-L-B. Uh, and, of course, check out the website, mil as well as MLB Pipeline. Sam, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much
3: for having me. And just real quick, I just want to send a shout-out to Adam yeah, uh, the Brewers beat writer for MLB.com, who just announced yesterday he's going to be out for a few months. I'm sure everybody listening to this right now is a big Adam McAlvie fan. We're all thinking of you Adam, can't wait to see you out there at the time real soon.
2: Did you know he is a candy expert? Did you know he is the king of microwaving certain candies to make them better?
3: I, I did not know that. that oh. I've talked, I've talked to Adam many times, and that's never come up. I'm definitely bringing that up. He
2: is a candy expert. I'm telling you. I tell everybody. People don't know this. The man is a genius when it comes to doing <laughs> things with candy. See, he, he is very, 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 very way above and beyond the rest of us normal people. So, yeah, definitely talk to McKelly about the candies. Sam, thanks so much, my my friend, and uh, take care. Yeah, thanks so much for having me.